You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Yo, yo, what is up, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. I am your host, Victor, and I am so excited that you have decided to tune in to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. You have chosen to listen to my voice for the next 30 minutes, and I am thrilled that you've made that choice. Guys, uh, I'm riding solo today. Yeah, that's right. I am going solo. Tyler, unfortunately, couldn't be here today. And I cannot believe that we are already so far into March. It's crazy. This semester has flown by. I don't know if it's just me living in North Carolina and just time goes faster here or what's going on, but we are already almost done with March. And so, guys, that's crazy. So all you people in school, get ready for the summer because it's coming. All you people who work full-time jobs, you don't have a thing called the summer, so I'm sorry, but you have to still work. So it sucks for you. Uh, just a few quick updates before we really dive into today's podcast. We have a new devotional section airing uh, now on Grace Nation. Like Devotionals are coming your way. I'm super excited. We're going to be hopefully aiming for two to three a week. We're bringing on a few new people into the into the section and into the devotional, um, I, I guess you could call it department, and they're just going to be writing for you guys, and they're going to be sent straight to your inbox. So if you want to be a part of the devotional series and of the devotional genre and of this department, make sure you guys sign up for our newsletter that's uh you can get that at grace-nation.com you can sign up we have so many of you guys already signed up and we would love to see more of you sign up to get devotionals from us they're also going to be on the grace nation website so if you just can't stand the idea of getting an email from me once or twice a week then you can always access the devotionals online guys we are also in the middle of a Pursuing Jesus Gospel series, and I am just loving it. The new app or the new uh, post actually went up this week, this past week, so we're super excited for that. My good friend Tim is kind of authoring, and he's kind of heading up that series, and so we're super excited for that series. And he's talking about Genesis 1, and so the, the most recent po- uh, post is finding Jesus and preaching the gospel out of Genesis 1, and that's, it's just a super encouraging read, so I encourage all of you guys to dive into that and to, to really use some of this stuff to help you find Jesus in all passages of scripture, not just the four gospels. Guys, I am suffering from a headache, like a migraine, so I'm going to take a sip of water, and prepare my voice for this podcast because I'm going to be talking about something that we have yet to talk about on Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast. We have not talked about this topic. And when I was kind of thinking about what topics to, to do and, and what things to talk about, I have so many different ideas bouncing around in my head. But then it dawned on me that this is like a basic fundamental principle of Christianity 
And we haven't talked about it, so we gotta talk about it. And that's sanctification. Like, we have to dive into sanctification. And I want to spend as much time as I can today just picking some verses out of the Bible and referencing a few of my favorite books and just talking about pursuing holiness and and being sanctified. But I'm by no means going to cover everything sanctification in this episode. So I'm going to leave a few books just in the uh, show notes that I really encourage you guys to go pick up or to check out or to do something with to read them. Find a way to read these books. They are all super helpful resources. And I'm actually going to be quoting one of these books mostly all of this podcast is is brought to you by the Bible and then this this other book here, and it's called The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges, and it's a fantastic book. There are very few times when I'm given a book to read in class and thoroughly enjoy it. It just doesn't happen. If it's like a class that has nothing to do with the Bible and you give me a book to read in that class, I might not read it. I'll just skim it. I can't stand books, like novels and stories. Like I'm just not into that. Um... And, and even if they're assigned in a Bible class, like, it's real, like, it's gotta be, like, preaching books are just boring. Like, let's just get that out of the way. Preaching books are boring. No, there's not one good preaching book out there that's not boring. Except for John Piper's, uh, he's got a few good preaching books. But other than that, preaching books are just so boring. And it's really difficult to find a really good book on a theological topic that really just captivates you and makes you want to read it. But The Pursuit of Holiness is one of those books. It is a fantastic read. I was assigned this book a few years ago in my Theology of Sanctification class. And it just changed my life. So I'm excited to be digging some things out of that book for you guys today. I think to start off sanctification. We have to just find, there are two verses in Romans that really stick out to me. And we're going to be diving into a few different areas in the Bible, but I really want to focus on Romans 8 and Romans 6. We're going to be, we're going to be focusing in on those two passages of scripture. I'm just going to go ahead and read them. And then we're going to dive into what is sanctification. Like what is holiness, right? But here is Romans 8, 29 through 30. Most everyone is familiar with Romans 8, 28. We're going to go a verse down, Romans 8, 29, and here is what it says. For those, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. That glorified word is also a, a, you can use that as a, like as a word for sanctification. So those whom he justified, he sanctified. The next verse that I want to pull from is in Romans 6. And it's Romans 6, 14. And it says this, for sin shall, for sin shall not be your master because you're not under the law, but under grace. Those two verses radically changed my idea of what the pursuit of holiness meant, right? So when we say pursuit of holiness, we mean sanctified. So what is holiness and what is the sanctification? Well, sanctification, in short, is the process in which you go through after you've been justified. So after you've become a Christian, you go through this process of sanctification and it is the process of God refining you to look more like Jesus. 
That is the process. That is what sanctification is. It is your pursuit of holiness. So the word holy, the word holiness occurs over 600 times in the Bible. And in Leviticus, the entire book is actually dedicated to holiness. I mean, that's what Leviticus was written for. Um, Leviticus is the law, and the law was for the purpose of giving people the guidelines to remain holy. So I'm going to read Leviticus 11:44. Let me just grab it. I have 43, but it's on 44 is on the next page. Okay. Here is Leviticus 11:44. For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground. So God is commanded his people to be holy as he is holy. This is an insane command and something that I guess the church has failed to do or this America culture has kind of taught us is to not understand what the holiness of God is. You see, we have a few misconceptions of what holiness is. The misconception of that it's just a bunch of rules that we have to follow. And depending on what denomination you are or what your biblical beliefs are, some of those rules may change. Whether you can or can't drink alcohol, whether you can or can't smoke a cigar, whether you can or can't go and do this thing, whether you can or can't eat meat, all these different things. And holiness is whether you do the right one or the wrong one. If you do the right one, you're holy. If you do the wrong one, you are not holy. It's a very pharisaical view of holiness. We also have another type of holiness, and it's it's the specific type of dress or mannerism. The church kind of has built this conception that you can't come to church unless you have a suit and tie on, or you're dressed in your Sunday best. Trust me, my parents used to make me dress up for church, and I would fight them, right? That's another misconception of holiness, so we have to look a certain way on the outside to portray this image of perfection, right? Or, and this is the last one, and it's possibly the most popular one, it's this unattainable perfection that's not worth our time. Holiness is this thing that God has, and that we don't, and we can't get there. There's no point in pursuing something that we can't get, like the Bucks pursuing a Super Bowl, right? They just can't get it. <laughs> But those three things are kind of this, and we probably all have a mix of each of them. Uh, and these are all kind of misconceptions that we have on holiness. And although some of those ideas have some accuracy to them, they all miss the mark for one specific reason. You see, to be holy is to be morally blameless. It is to be separated from sin and therefore consecrated to God. That is holiness, to be set apart. That's literally what the word means. Holy means to be set apart. God is commanding us to be set apart as he is set apart. And he is morally sinless, completely sinless, blameless, perfect. He is set apart in those regards and we are called to be set apart in the same way.
That is the as a very lofty command. It's a very uh, difficult thing to kind of wrap our heads around. But you'll see all throughout the scripture, like I said, holiness occurs more than 600 times in the Bible. It is a very foundational kind of basic uh, idea that Christianity is based on. If God wasn't holy, he wouldn't be God. And so holiness is kind of this concrete level of foundation that we have to start on. And so it kind of leads us to this question. And the question that we sometimes ask ourselves is, if holiness is such a basic concept in the Christian life, why do we not experience it more in our daily living? Why do so many Christians feel constantly defeated in their struggle with sin? If holiness is so fundamental and Christians are called to be holy and God kind of imparts this this righteousness and this holiness on us, then why are we still struggling with sin the way we are? And why do we constantly feel defeated when we're called to live a holy life? These questions are kind of what we ask ourself. And so I'm going to give you three reasons as to why Christians struggle by constantly feeling defeated in their struggle with sin. I'm going to give you three reasons, and then I'm going to ask you a, a reflection question at the end, and we're going to kind of end there. I'm not going to give the solution. The solution is the Bible, and it's reading the Word of God, right? I'm going to give us the three things that we fall into and the steps that we can take to kind of pull out of there, but I want to leave it on you. I can't give you a five-step or a ten-step program to make you holy. That's I can't do it, right? So let's go ahead and dive into the first one. Our first problem is that our attitude towards sin is more self-centered than God-centered. What does that mean? We are. It means that we are more concerned about our own victory over sin than about the fact that our own sin grieves the heart of God. What does that mean? When I was thinking about this, and this is a concept that's talked about in Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges quite often, I was kind of confused when he talked about it. So, like, I am supposed to be victorious over my sin. Like, I do need to defeat my sin because that's what pleases God. However, I found that the root of my conviction to defeat sin was so that I could proclaim victory over my struggle. And so, I'll just give you an example. An alcoholic who has just recently, like he's been, he's been, you know, alcohol free for a year. And this is a big milestone in his life. And he, he gets up one Sunday and he's like, I beat alcoholism. Like I did it. Right. And he gets up there and he claims victory over this problem. But we, but he doesn't turn his face to the fact that his alcohol addiction grieved the heart of God. And now God has graciously brought him out of that. We are more victory-focused than God-focused. We cannot tolerate failure in our struggle with sin, chiefly because we are success-oriented people, not because we know that our sin is offensive to God. Um, W.S. Plummer or Plumer? I can't, I don't know how to say his name, Plummer or Plumer, if you know, I think it's Plumer. He says this very famous quote, we never see sin, we never see sin until we see our sin against God. All sin is against God in this sense, that is his law, that is 
is, that is when his law is broken, his authority is despised, his government that is set at naught, Pharaoh and... Oh man, this is such a difficult quote. Basically, the point of the quote is we don't see our sin until we recognize the perfection that is God. Right? So in, it ends with David saying, against thee and the only have I sinned. Right? Sorry, I couldn't finish that quote. There's a lot of names. Names just kill me. Right? But what he's saying is that we don't recognize the gravity of our sin until we recognize the majesty of God. We're so success-oriented, so victory-prone, that most of our uh, struggles with sin and most of our attempts to beat sin come from a mindset of, I am victorious over this. And we hardly even, we hardly grieve because our sin grieves God, right? God wants us to walk in obedience, not victory. Huge misunderstanding in Christianity. God wants us to walk in obedience, not victory. Obedience is oriented towards God. Victory is oriented towards self. This may seem to be merely splitting hairs over a small semantic, but there's a subtle self-centered attitude at the root of many of our difficulties with sin. And until we face this attitude and deal with it, we will not consistently walk in holiness. And what I'm, I'm not saying that God doesn't want us to walk in victory or to experience victory, but I'm saying we emphasize the wrong point. We emphasize our victory over the fact that we are walking in obedience to God. And God would much rather us walk in obedience to him than triumph in victory, right? So that is the first answer to that question. The question, why do we feel so defeated in our struggle with sin? Our first answer is that our attitude, our, our attitude towards sin is more self-centered than God-centered. Our second problem is that we have a misunderstood uh, idea of what living by faith is. You see... We kind of assume that, okay, so living by faith means doing absolutely nothing and just kind of giving it to God and he'll take care of everything. And we kind of end there. So it's just like, yeah, I'm going to struggle with porn until God tells me to stop or until he makes me not do it anymore. Or I'm just going to keep drinking until God makes beer unavailable or alcohol unavailable. Or I'm going to... You know, do I'm going to keep having sex until I'm just not able to do it anymore. Like, we do all these things, and we just kind of say, oh, I'm just living by faith and just waiting for God to act. And we lose a sense of responsibility for our own sin. We have to face the fact that for us to walk in holiness, we have to, we have to act in a personal responsibility. You see... Uh, one Sunday, a pastor in his sermon said these words, You can put away that habit that has mastered you if you truly desire to do so. The pastor was referring to a particular habit, which was no problem to the congregation. And, and the congregation quickly agreed with the pastor in his mind. And then the, pa and then the spirit began to talk to some audience members in that congregation and Jerry Bridges was actually in that congregation. He said this, 
And you can put away the sinful habits that plague you if you accept your personal responsibility for them. You see, if the pastor touches on alcoholism and and he says, you can stop if you desire to, you can quickly agree with that if you don't struggle with alcoholic tendencies. But once he brings up something you do struggle with, it instantly turns into something else. We, we, we are so slow to actually take responsibility for our sin. And in fact, we are completely responsible for sin. And it goes all the way back and is rooted in Adam in the garden. I'm going to take another sip of water real quick. Give me a second. All right. So the second answer to that question, why do Christians feel so defeated? with their struggle with sin is because we have an incorrect view with or a misunderstanding with what living by faith means. Read Galatians 2.20. And our third and final problem with, with feeling defeated, right? We feel defeated because, and this is probably the one that hit home with me the most, The third problem is we do not take sin seriously. Let that sink in real quick. We do not take sin seriously. We have merely categorized sin into which is unacceptable and that which is tolerated just a bit. An incident that, that, like a perfect example, is, yeah, I would never have premarital sex, but I'm going to watch porn until I get married. Or another example might be, I'll never get drunk on alcohol, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know, do something. I'm going to steal, you know, some gum from a store, right? It's just gum. We have mentally categorized sin into different boxes, those of which are just unacceptable and those of which are somewhat tolerable. I can repent of those. We have a wrong view of what sin actually is. It's, it's, it's incredible, actually. We, we're so quick to forget. Um, and it's sad. And we really do need to focus on this. And I don't think one, one may stick out, one of these, you know, reasons why we struggle with defeat uh, when it comes to sin is might stand out to you more like the uh, self-centered over the God-centered or the living by faith or the seriousness of sin. One of those might stick out to you more than others, but we need to realize that that we struggle with all of three of these put, to- put together, right? Like the fact that we can't understand the seriousness of our sin is because we live a more self-centered life than we do a God-centered life. Or the fact that we are misunderstanding like what living by faith means is because we really don't want God, we don't really want to take personal responsibility for our sin, so that leads to a more self-centered life. And that leads to a less serious view of sin. The fact is, all sin grieves the heart of God. And all sin should grieve our heart. And when we're completely in tune with the Holy Spirit is when we will feel conviction over those sins. Brothers and sisters, conviction is the Spirit's way of telling you no. 
Like, that was bad. Like, it's time to repent, right? Guilt is trumped by the grace of God. But a healthy conviction points you to the grace of God. Will you begin to look at sin as an offense against the holy God instead of a personal defeat? Will you begin to take personal responsibility for your sin, realizing that it's something that you are choosing to rebel against God and choosing to reject God's grace? And will you decide to obey God in all areas of life, regardless of the significance? I definitely recommend Jerry Bridges' book. We, uh, I've, I've loved it. And it goes into so many just really uh, good and helpful uh, topics. And it's really, it's not theologically lofty. It's something that every Christian should should definitely dive into. I'll leave the link to the Amazon um, page in the show notes. I want to encourage you guys. Sanctification comes with struggle. It comes with the realization that I am a sinner and that I need to grow in my relationship with Christ. It comes with the realization of I am not perfect. I can never be perfect. Sorry, John Wesley. <laughs> Shots fired. Right? It comes with these realizations that I am not what I'm called to be. And so I need to be completely dependent on God for taking me where he needs me to be. You see, sanctification, and I think this is, if you get nothing out of this entire episode, out of this entire podcast, I want you to understand this. Sanctification is not something you can do. You cannot sanctify yourself. I've said it before in the podcast. You cannot sanctify yourself. If you try to sanctify yourself, you will become more like this world and more like the flesh. It is God and God alone who can sanctify you. You see, in Romans 8, it talks about how he has called us to be conformed to the image of Christ, and that is sanctification. But it can only take the master sculptor to conform us into the perfect piece. The sculpture can't sculpt itself. It needs a sculptor. And a painting can't paint itself. It needs a painter. And as long as we are trying to paint ourselves, we're the painting. As long as we're trying to do that, we're going to fall short and nothing's going to happen. It is until we surrender to the brush of the painter. Even, even though we might not like some of the strokes that happen or we think they, they were misplaced or, or something like that, we have to surrender to the brush of the painter and know that he is the genius behind the painting and that he will make something beautiful for us. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. Um, I had to go solo. I'll be honest, I don't know how comfortable I am with going solo. I'm kind of looking for a co-host, so email me. Um, I would love a co-host at some point. Um, I love Tyler. Like, Tyler's been fantastic. He's helped us so much. Uh, we have some amazing interviews coming up in the next few, probably in the next month. We have two big interviews coming up. One, we got an interview with the current uh, president of Mustard Seeds and Mountains. It's a fantastic ministry based out of West Virginia. And so I'm so happy to be able to get them on the podcast and just talk about uh, real life ministry and what that looks like. 
what healthy ministry looks like. Super excited for that. And then we got we got someone that I'm super hyped about. We got a if you've never heard of him, take a look at some of his stuff. His name is Loso. He's a battle rapper. He's fantastic. And I'm so excited to be able to bring him on the podcast. I'll let him talk about himself because I want to let him uh, take care of that. I don't want to mess it up. But I'm super excited for those two things. We have some amazing podcasts, topics coming on. We got a we got a uh, kind of a not a co-host, but a nice guest coming on to talk about some theological topics. Just when we talk about philosophy and faith and reason and how do they go together, we have some amazing stuff planned for you guys. So I hope that you guys will subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a five star review. I'm super excited about that. Uh, guys, also, we've been losing five-star reviews on iTunes. We had like 398. Now we have 389. So if you guys are taking away your five stars, why? It hurts my feelings. Like, stop, please. It really hurts my feelings. If you guys need to get in contact with me, you can send me an email, gracenationministries at yahoo.com. Send that my way. You can tweet me. You can, what else can you do? You can Facebook me. You can do whatever you want. Get in touch with me. Contact us. I'd love to hear from you guys. You guys are awesome. You are beautiful. You are one of a kind. Take care. And God bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN Podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.